from Kirkco Media. Life done better. This podcast is produced for all the unicorns who strive to create a life on their own terms, don't take life too seriously, and are on a mission to make a positive impact in this world. In the show, we're getting real about daily struggles and obstacles and how to best navigate through difficult times and challenges in life so you can make better decisions for yourself and feel healthy, confident, and aligned. Feel less alone and more connected. We're in this together. From my heart to yours. Welcome to another episode of Life Done Better. Today, I have my best friend, Debbie Les, sitting next to me at the Kurt Co. Podcast Studio in Malibu. We've known each other for 20 years. It all started in London. Debbie casted me to represent game character and action heroine, Laura Croft. We traveled the world together for a year and a half to promote the game, The Angel of Darkness. We opened the Tomb Raider ride at Paramount Parks in Cincinnati, performed at trade shows like E3 in LA, and did interviews, photo shoots, TV shows, and meet and greets in Italy, Holland, Spain, Scandinavia, all over the place. Debbie worked for Idos, a computer game publisher, for 10 years, but left that career behind once she gave birth to her first child. For about six years, she was a stay-at-home mom and lost her identity and felt really stuck. Until a very wise person, me, <laughs> said to her, you are one decision away from being unstuck. And one decision led to many other great decisions. And I'm so proud of this girl. Today, Debbie is the busiest yoga teacher I know. She is a Yoga Works trained teacher and certified institute of integrative nutrition. She is a yogi, a health coach, a mother, a wife, and a fun seeker. A New Zealander who loves living in the city of angels. And I'm lucky to call her my best friend. Welcome to the show, Sweet Lashy. Good morning, Jill. Hello. So good that you're here with me today because I feel like we have a past together that I don't have with a lot of people because I've lived in many places and we did start our friendship and it was a working relationship at first in a different place, a different country. And now we're here in Malibu and you live in Hollywood. I live in Malibu. Tell me a little bit about that time that was really hard for you. And I remember it wasn't too long ago that everything transformed for you after several years of struggling and self-medicating. Tell me a little bit about that. So you can tell by my accent, I'm from New Zealand and I spent 20 years there and then another 23 years living in London. And from London, we moved to the US with our two young children and we've got a very exciting business opportunity, but it hadn't taken off and all our money's invested. And with that became a huge impact of financial worry and fear. And I've always been very independent and never been in a position where I wasn't working and didn't feel like I was providing and felt very insecure with the children and didn't really have a close circle of friends and family to support me. And, you know, mummy's medicine, a bottle of red wine became a common theme in the house and it wasn't looked at badly. And I didn't even know, I just become a little bit of a, of a habit. I think a lot of people out there are experiencing the same thing and it's a numbing process. I wanted mm. to get that quick fix thinking it was helping me relax. But what I really now understand now is that alcohol makes me feel quite sad and it's not while I'm drinking it because I feel that immediate little, oh, I Ooh, feel little, good. But yeah. the next day I feel very low. 
So it became a vicious cycle. So I got into this little downward spiral and a lot of self-medicating and feeling energetically stuck. You know, I looked around, it's LA and everyone seems to be doing really well and, you well know. Well off. Yeah, and it's expensive to live here. And a lot of people we know are in the music industry. They're well-established actors and they've just got that pilot. And it just from where I was standing, it was tricky. I didn't know it at the time, but I, I had a breakdown. And with that breakdown, it showed up in my body as a rash. And I got a rash from head to toe, which wouldn't go away. Three weeks later, I was in bed with a raving fever. I started to get really worried because I'm not a sick person. And I've never been to hospital other than to have my kids and don't spend any time at the doctor and so forth. So I didn't get out of bed out of th- for three weeks. The doctors came round, gave me a shot of steroids, and I seemed to recover. What did they think it was? Well, I said I had an allergic reaction, but there was no real bedside. Allergy to stress. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's got a a permanent headache. Didn't your hair fall out during that same period? Right. So my hair started to fall out. And then I went to an acupuncturist who said to me... Darling, I hate to tell you, but you're, you're having a breakdown. You know, your body's shut down, the immune system's gone. What did you think in that moment? Well, I think when your hair's falling out, it doesn't get much worse than that. And I realized I really had hit rock bottom. You know, I know it's a cliche, but that's when suddenly the light bulb did go on and I had my aha moment. It's like, I've got to get out of here. This does not feel like a good space for me. From there, we took a trip. Jill was always very, we just always had a connection. We always want to play, have fun. So we dropped my kids off at school and went skiing for the day. So on our trip, I was sharing with Jill how stuck, energetically I felt stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I was at the time waiting for a job to come in, which seemed like it was a given. It was through a very good friend And she kind of promised me the world and I was going to do the set design and the job wasn't coming in and I was sharing my frustration with Jill and just saying, oh my God, I feel so stuck and I don't know what to do with my life. And Jill said, well, Debbie, you only need to make one decision to be unstuck. And I was like, oh, I never looked at it like that. I was like, I felt like I had to do 10 things. We always feel like we've got to make these big goals to make a big change, but we don't. We just could do one small decision. She said, so what, tell me, if this job doesn't come in, what's one thing that you would do to change the situation? And I was like, um, I would do a yoga teacher training. And Jill looked at me. What? (laughs) I mean, I couldn't believe it. I've known you for so long. I've never heard you talk about it. I'm like, how do I not know this? You know, what I knew in my heart was the very first time I did yoga, when I was coming out of a very abusive relationship, I went to yoga, like a lot of broken people do. And I remember thinking I could be a yoga teacher. Well, I love the fact that you're always very open to receive guidance because you can give advice or post a question like that. And you can say whatever or kind of brush it off or you say hmm, let me really give that some thought. And I think asking good questions really can change direction beautifully. And so instead of shutting down a question or thinking that we know it all or kind of like it has to be this way or there's no other way, we can be more open. We can be guided in the most beautiful direction because I'm jokingly, but I'm also seriously saying it, like you are the busiest yoga teacher I know. And I know a lot of yoga teachers here in LA. (laughs) It's incredible. Like you wake up at the crack of dawn, you come home late at night and then you make food for the kids. And last night you were gone again 
what was your last class at 8.30? 8.15, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, and you came back around 10.30 at night. I mean, that's not every day, but I know you work your butt off. I know that your clients are extremely happy with you. But a funny thing is, Debbie has not been doing this for very long. You started doing this about three? Uh, three and a half Three and a half years ago. And I remember that you were asking me about a price raise and you were so insecure about asking more money and can you remember the exact amount I think it was like from $25 to $40 yeah. per hour <laughs> per session and I was like Debbie you're fine you can do this and it was like you know now your rates are $175, $200 and, right? and so it's gone up a lot and obviously your confidence but also your experience and the value that's added because now your health coach besides yoga they're getting nutritional advice Yeah, but I think self-worth played a big role in my life. I'm, I'm very, very hard on myself. You know, I, I really do struggle with the money side of business, asking for more money and feeling worried that people look at me like I'm being greedy or that actually I'm not worth it. And it's taken a lot of work to really believe in myself. And it's actually constant. Every year I put my prices up, but it's a struggle. Like, how much do I ask for? And I know other people that charge a lot more. And it's just the good angel, the bad angel sitting each side kind of giving me different trains of thought. So my self-worth is a big one for me just to carry on believing in myself and lifting myself up and raising my vibration to know that I am worth that much money. Absolutely. And you are worth it. You're delivering incredible energy because it's not just that when I walk into a client's home, I know that I'm not just there to talk about their nutrition and to give them a couple of exercises to and complete an hour. I'm really there to talk to their soul. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's like, you know, you, you really tune in and you, you really make sure that they know that you really care. Yeah. And a lot of the healing is there, that, that you really care, that they can feel you're not actually doing it for the money, but it has to be worth your time because time is limited in this life and we cannot buy time back. And so and when I see you, your military schedule, I sometimes think like, wow, you know, I would really love for her to get a break as in whatever it is. It could be a sponsorship, could be some extra money so she can take some time off. And that actually brings me back to a very delicate time, a very sad time for me, a very difficult time for you. That was about five years ago. I was going through divorce. And at the time I lived in an RV. Yes, an RV with my husband and he was uh, going to Burning Man in the RV by himself and I was working my butt off to pay our rent. So actually, we didn't have rent because it was an <laughs> RV, but paying our bills. And he came back and announced that he cheated and it was just the last drop. So I had to tell him no more. Mm-hmm. I'm out and take your stuff and get out of the RV. Please park it back in the same parking spot when you get back. <laughs> It was a really heartbreaking event for me. Yeah. We were together for 12 years and he was my best friend. I think in the end he was disappointed too that he did what he did. But it all happened for a reason. Now looking back, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all in good places and we are even talking. So that's fine. And But that time I want to go back to because when he brought back that RV... Not only did he break my heart, but also broke the RV. So, and that was my home. The awning, there was a hole in it. The steps weren't working. And it was filthy. The Burning Man dust sticks on everything forever. And the floor was damaged. I was like, holy moly. Wow. This really represents how much he cares. So, I brought the RV to a repair shop. And I said, Debs, can I please stay with you? Absolutely. She opened her doors and I stayed with you for six weeks because that repair 
turned out to be a, a long process. But in those six weeks, you also needed me because your mother-in-law was dying mm. and she, he needed to be there and you couldn't go. And so I was helping you with the kids. And that's where we came up with the term wifeies. Like we call each other wifey. <laughs> and many people laugh and they're like, they, they may not know why. But yeah, I've had a couple of people raising their eyebrows wondering, are they that way inclined? And then other people have just, you know, have asked, why do you guys call each other wifey? And I remember it so well. We were in the kitchen. The greatest joy about Jill coming into my house, wherever I am, is that any time I turn around, it's like my fairy godmother's just been in and like everything's been wiped down and put away <laughs> and I don't even have to ask. And I just look like it's just you open your eyes. And then I turned around to Joe and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is what it must feel like to have a wife. That every time you turn around, everything's done. And she was, and I was like, you're my wifey. And that's exactly where it came oh, from. It's <laughs> so fun to hear you even say that. So really funny. I'm sure a lot of you that listen can really tune into this excuse. Debbie said, well, I had two kids and I don't think I'm ever going to have abs again. Right, you were like, oh, "Do yeah. you really think that this last bit of it's the skin skin yeah. can can gain elasticity back?" And I said, "Hmm, well, I've never had kids, but have you ever tried to do ab exercises every day, laser focus on that spot? Even though they say spot reducing is not really the way to go when it comes to losing weight, this is really about tightening." And Debbie said, mm, "No." I said, "Well, why don't you try that first, and then tell me if you really can't do it." And so exactly. <laughs> there, there oh was man. the challenge. You said yes once again. And Just say yes, see where it takes you. And was it 10 minutes only? Yeah, 10 like minutes. 10 minutes. And we would be going, even before going to sleep, 10 minutes a day, 30 days. Yeah. And so even after having two kids, you managed to get to your goal. Obviously, you eat well. And it really only did take 10 minutes. And really, 10 minutes, that's it. You know, I do do a lot of other exercise. I think at the time I was spinning, but I definitely wasn't focusing on core. And, and that's I why you didn't see any major results, right? Exactly. So I hope actually this inspires some of the listeners, even if it's 10 minutes a day, to change something they'd like to see improvement, to put in action. Yeah. Well, just even just by taking on the change is changing a mindset doesn't matter what area of your body or mind you're focusing on. I think just energetically making a choice to make a change, there's the work. Absolutely. I think so too. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. Hello out there. <laughs> this is Jenny Curtis. I am a podcast producer at Kurt Co. Media. And I am currently sitting alone in a very empty podcast studio, surrounded by hand sanitizer. <laughs> and I'm recording this in an effort to reach out. It's not an easy time right now. We don't know what the day-to-day -day is going to look like for the next few weeks, even months. So I'm proposing something. Let's all make something together. Kurtco Media has launched a podcast called A Moment of Your Time. These are bite-sized episodes, and each one features you out there. Go to kurtco.com slash a moment of your time for more information. We may have to stay apart, but let's create together. And we're back. We're drinking some tea 
And after this, we're going to lunch. Actually, Jebby asked me if we could go for a run first. I said, okay. I love that you invite me to a run. Any opportunity to run by the beach definitely changes how I feel about running. I am not passionate about running, not for one second, but running by the beach, I think just the hit of vitamin C, I'm, I'm a water person. The whole energy of taking myself through the paces definitely lifts if I know I'm going to be down in Malibu for sure. It makes a difference. And especially if you have an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. When you surround yourself with people that are very athletic and go-getters and they're doing lots of different challenges and sporting events, it raises your vibration and you kind of feel more enthusiastic or you want to challenge yourself. You know, a lot of people are very quick to say no, especially as we get older. You know, a lot of women who fear, fear of falling over, fear of the unknown, fear of not having enough time, fear about not being with their children. So no just stems from fear. And a wonderful quote, another one that I learned from Jill was, just say yes, see where it takes you. So that became my my mantra pretty much until... Did that get you into trouble at any time? Well, like permanently. (laughs) To the point even now with work, I'm just like, yes, I'll new client. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. But actually, I found myself saying at the beginning of the year, just say no <laughs> and see where that takes you. Because now I, I do Overcom- find... You were overcommitted. Yeah. And yeah. I do find it hard to say no. But saying yes It's is- a good practice too, to say no to things that do not resonate as much or take up too much time or stress you out. Yeah. And that's how we burn out by saying yes to too much and nobody gets the best of you and you, your light can dim just by being tired, exhausted. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things that I still find challenging to balance because I feel so good being focused, getting lots done. I feel like this constant burst of energy. I don't get tired and I can keep going. I don't stop. The, the past week, my man flew back to Maui where we just built a, a beautiful home and I've been by myself and I've been obviously a lot more social because you know I see my friends more, but I also see that I don't take as good care of myself because, and this is I find interesting, because when he's around me, I want to turn my phone off sooner at night. I want to like give him my undivided attention. I will cook a really nutritious meal. I want to take care of him. But when I'm by myself, I'm like, yeah, I can just work until 10, 11. And <laughs> last night it was midnight. Yeah. And, and I usually sleep much earlier, what, like nine or 10. And I will eat leftovers or a cracker. And I'm like, It's so interesting. Why am I doing this? Why am I taking better care of myself when he's around? And it boils down to giving yourself permission to slow down, which I think you have a hard time with too, because we're very responsible. Like we like to take care and we, you know, we feel like... Yeah, we're nurturers. Yeah. But then also we need to always step back and say, okay, what do I need to do now to recharge? So tell me a little bit about your immune system. Your gut was completely gone, as in a bad bacteria uh-huh. were ruling. The beneficial bacteria, the good bacteria were gone. And mm-hmm. so you needed to really build your immune system back up when you were rock bottom. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? And how do you continue to do that? Because the stress and the demands that you put on yourself daily obviously take also away from your health at times. The first time I had experience with gut health was about 20 so years ago. And I found out that I had candida and I I didn't know 
at that point, I was seeing a therapist who was a healer on many different levels. And I told her the symptoms and we did some food testing. And back then I had to clean my whole diet up. And it was a three-month process. And I read the whole book from front to start about candida and all the symptoms. And, and a lot of people have got it and they don't know that they've got it, even just being tired and fluctuating and all these kinds of... Insane sugar cravings is also part of that, right? It is, So because the sugar is, is feeding the candida. It thrives on sugar. Yeah, and so I eliminated, it was really hardcore, but I was determined not to continue to live my life this way. And I always wonder why people put up with pain or put up with leaky gut and feel like they can't change it because everybody can. So do you think it's a lack of knowledge or is it a lack of determination or consistency? I think a lot of it is discipline. And discipline is a muscle, right? It's a muscle just like any other muscle in your body. You have to train it. Right. Exactly. And you've got to, yeah, you've got to want, you've got to want the change. And that's why, unfortunately, that's why we hit rock bottom. Because if you don't change you will be forced to change and the change will be made for you whether you want it or not. And if you go to the bottom, which a lot of us do, there's only one way out. And that was eliminate sugar, yeast, wheat, gluten. The only thing I could basically eat was vegetables, fish, and brown rice and brown rice quinoa did not exist at that time (laughs) (laughs) it was not popular yet (laughs) i don't even know if i was eating kale back then either probably not (laughs) and i think going back to the question to correct your gut you just have to crowd out with green and really increase your water and it's it's you're a big apple cider fan yeah right apple Mm -hmm. cider vinegar i think i learned that from you You did. Well, I tell everyone, because people do ask me if there was one thing you'd recommend me to do, mm-hmm. one thing, what would you do? I said, well, alkalize your body. And it could be drinking lemon water daily, because mm-hmm. lemon, even though it's acidic, it's alkalizing for the body. And an alkaline environment in your body is the one that thrives. No disease can thrive in an alkaline body. Exactly. Like new research shows that cancer can only thrive and multiply in an acidic environment. So somehow we do have control over our body and how it develops diseases. Of course, disease doesn't grow overnight. It's not like, oh, our body is acidic for a week and then, you know, we get really, really sick. But we may get a cold if it's for a month. We may get some really nasty disease growing over years and years of having an acidic body. So alkalinity is something, the subject that I'm really, really a big fan to share about. And apple cider vinegar is something that I've learned from my nutritionist when I was sick and my pH was off and my body was acidic and I was not feeling well. That was like one of the easiest things to do. Just a teaspoon combined with water a couple of times a day, it really made a difference. And I said to the nutritionist back then, when can I see you again to make sure that, because I had also candida in my body, how can we make sure that I'm clear? He's like, oh, no, I don't see, need to see you back. If you continue doing this, you'll feel it. And he was right. I did feel it. I felt different. And there are pH test strips that you can buy on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like test strips you would think of if you ever had a pool or a jacuzzi. These are little strips that you just dip into the water and a number shows up and that indicates where you're at. Now, you can pee on the strip or spit on the strip. I think peeing on the strip is more accurate. With morning urine 
And this way you can really see where you're at. And I think everyone that's listening should order these online on Amazon. They're called pH test strips because you want to know if you have an acidic body or an alkaline body. Absolutely. And trust me, nine out of 10 clients that I work with are acidic. So don't worry if you are acidic, but this is what you can do. So number one, apple cider vinegar. Celery juice. Celery juice on an empty stomach, preferably. Mm Mm-hmm. Lemon water. Lemon water. So there's three liquids. Then mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about more solids. Crowd out with greens. As much green on your plate as possible because the, the, everything green is alkalizing. Because the, the funny thing, though, and I have to say uh, about apple cider vinegar, I hated it in the beginning. I really disliked the taste. And now I don't like plain water anymore. I, I'm craving apple cider vinegar. So I think my body really knows that it's good for me. Isn't it interesting, though, how smart our bodies are? Like when candida rules, it's screaming for sugar. Right. And then when it's actually healthy, it's screaming for the kimchi or the apple cider vinegar. It would be so much easier if we would be craving the right things for when we need it most. Right. Well, you know, the thing with sugar, it's so addictive. It's, you know, nine times more addictive than cocaine. Nine times? Nine times more addictive. So and ironically, they look the same. But when you're when you're putting that into the body, I saw it in a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) The body, whatever you're feeding the body, it keeps asking for the same thing. Just simple things like the tongue scraping. I give those to my clients as little gifts. What does it do? When once you brush the teeth, you you put the scraper on the back and pull the tongue. It helps with cravings, pulls off bacteria. It's great for just a hygiene in the mouth. But the number one thing is it stops the cravings. So whatever you were last eating from the night before, you can just pull and clean away. I do it all the time. I really feel it does help. So that's a great hack. Mm-hmm. That's really great. I also feel like if you do brush your teeth right after dinner, if you're at home, you don't want to necessarily eat again, right? Like you're just like, okay, well, usually you brush your teeth at the very end of the day before you go to sleep. So when you kind of take that back a couple hours after dinner, you're like, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. And it's kind of signaling the brain to be done eating. Yeah, well, that's why a lot of people find it hard to give up smoking because they have their meal and then straight after that meal, they want that cigarette. The two go together. The same thing, brush your teeth, change the dynamic of what the body's craving. Yeah, just changing little things really can drastically change your health and life. Yeah, making one decision to do something differently. Yeah. So what what is your number one recommendation? If, you know, apple cider vinegar and alkalinity is mine, like, I'm curious to hear if there's that one thing that you're like, this is what I tell my clients. Well, I have to say I do use apple cider vinegar as my go-to number one. Also uh, chloroxyphil. I pop it in my kids' water bottles for school. It really just oxygenates your blood and, again, alkalizing. Yeah, highly alkalizing. Yeah. And it has it comes in mint flavor, so it's actually really tasty. Yeah, and my kids love the fact they have green water. <laughs> so cool. Instead of like blue or red dyes, well, yeah. chemicals, and they love it. And it makes them look cool in school. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about what you do to make your kids eat healthy food, because most moms find it really hard to eat healthy themselves and then to actually make their kids happy. I think if you're a brand new mother, I've fortunately for me, I was intuitively, it felt right to cook all my food from scratch. So when, when you started weaning them from milk into solids, but it's to give them as much texture as possible. So everything... My kids ate, when I was introducing food, they still love it to this day. And the more texture that they got, 
the better they eat now. So they're adventurous eaters? They are. My daughter more so. What I've noticed is that everything that I was eating when I was pregnant, she eats now. And the same for my son. Before I was pregnant, I never ate meat. But when I was pregnant, I craved meat. And then I went off salmon. He doesn't like salmon. He loves meat. My daughter is the opposite. She loves everything that I eat. Corn. That's so fascinating. Pickles, olives. She has a really expansive palate for such a young person. I, I really do believe we're nourishing the babies when you're forming them. Everything you're eating is going through and, you know, they're it, getting... It starts there. Yeah, it, it really does. And then going into the weaning, giving them as much food. I've got friends whose children, well, they don't eat any fruit and... A lot of their food was pureed and was from a jar, so they weren't making their own food. And these busy mums, they don't always have time to do it, and I totally get it. There's a lot more available now, I think more than ever before. But as you want to just give your children as much variety of textured food. And also involve them in the cooking process, right? Because yeah. last night I was impressed that your son, well, how old is he now? Twelve. Twelve already, was making his own eggs and... Yeah, pretty much like, was it a snack or was it actually dinner? Well, for him? he was going off to soccer practice, so he made Quick himself bites. yeah scrambled eggs on toast. It's so some. nice to see. I really feel that empowering your kids and sharing the passion of cooking food. When you're in a restaurant, you could be eating in a five star restaurant, but you'll come out and feel you could have indigestion or the food doesn't sit right. Totally. And there is a missing ingredient and that is love. And I think when you teach your children how to cook and really empower them to be independent, I really want to send my kids out into the world, being able to be self-sufficient, look after themselves, know that eating homemade is always the best. It's the healthiest option. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Something that the listeners may not know about you and they find important that they do know? You know, it's not really about me, but I I really think people need to move their bodies. As a yoga teacher, what I see everywhere is this confrontation that people or perception that people have about yoga. They think that they don't have a yoga body and they don't, the number one word, flexibility. I'm not flexible enough. It's not about being flexible because that is why you're there. The flexibility will come, but it's about moving your body. You can eat all the best food in the world. You can meditate. But if you don't move, your body is going to get more rounded, stiffer joints, arthritis. I look at the body like a car, like a vehicle, and that the body that we have It's the only one we get. We don't get to trade it in. We don't get to get the Tesla. This is it. And so you've got to invest in it so that it runs like a Rolls Royce for the whole duration and that you keep the tune-ups regular and do the oil and the apple cider vinegar. <laughs> and But really, if you look at your body like a vehicle and treat it like this is the only one and there's no upgrade, you're going to hopefully find it easier to look after yourself a little bit more. What's really sad is when people have left it so late, it's a lot of struggle and suffering. And the suffering really comes from just not moving the body. Self-inflicted oftentimes. Yeah. I do have a couple of little questions for you. And you just say, I'm going to say two words and you guys are going to pick what resonates most. Snow or sun? Sun. <laughs> you were thinking way too long I don't, about that. I don't want to ski if there's no sun. <laughs> so sun. Yeah, water. Surf or yoga retreat? 
yoga retreat. You were going to say both. Come yeah, on, they no, can be that's really together. Unfair. So you make it real hard for you. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Wifey or husband? <laughs> Wifey. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Maui or Malibu? Maui. All right, I'll see you there next. I know, I look forward to that next retreat. Me too. She's never been to my house and she's coming soon. Well, actually, I have been to your house. Well, be- yeah, before, yeah. It, uh, when it was still under construction. So you know where it is and now you can finally enjoy it. Exactly. Thanks so much for being here. I can't wait for our next adventures and for the next 20 years. See you on the other side. Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Jill. The one thing we cannot buy more of, it's time. Time is precious, and I am so grateful that you chose to spend time listening to my podcast. There's a lot more I'd like to share with you, so don't forget to subscribe to Life Done Better on your favorite podcast app, and stay in touch. If you have a question or a topic you want to hear discussed on the show, shoot me a message on Twitter at underscore Life Done Better. We all deal with a lot in our lives. And it's freeing to talk about it openly. From my heart to yours, thanks for listening. From Kirkco Media, media for your mind.